0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Bliss Podcast. My name is Rachel Autry, and I am the host around here and have some incredible women and some men on the show to share with us where they are in life, what's going on, what is God teaching them, and a lot of fun things. We have lots of giggles, lots of shares, but I hope that you have a few, oh, that was really good, got to jot it down moments. And today's conversation has so many of those. And it's like, I kind of freaked out when I got this person in my email in our inbox to be pitched on the show because, well, you'll see why anybody else obsessed with Chick-fil-A and my Midwest friends are probably like, oh man, we don't have a Chick-fil-A or I know some friends that don't have them in their state. But if you can get yourself to Chick-fil-A, if you haven't yet, or you're just as obsessed with me. I want to introduce you to today's guest, Miss Trudy Kathy White. She is Truett Kathy's daughter. She was raised in that kitchen. She knows Chick fil A, the business inside and out, and she knows a ton about the legacy that her mom and dad left behind. The legacy of Chick fil A is huge, obviously. Almost everyone I ever <laughs> talked to ever knows it, loves it, and looks forward to their next Chick fil A meal. And it's on purpose. It's because of the way that it's created, the reason why it was created, and the values that this family still carries out in their own life personally, but also professionally in business as well. So today, Ms. Trudy Kathy White is here to share with us all about this idea of legacy. She's a grandmother of 16, she's a global missionary, and she has worked at clarifying her own family values and faithfully instilling them in her children and grandchildren for decades. So when we're thinking through who is here to speak to us about legacy and values and why they matter in our life, she is the woman for this job. She has a new book that releases on January 17th. So mark your calendars. It's called A Legacy That Lasts. It invites us to discover our core values and how to intentionally embody them as parents, as grandparents, as coworkers, as spouses, as siblings, roommates, wherever you are in your season of life at the moment. So who are we? Why are we here? Where do we belong? What do we value? All questions that Miss Trudy is going to help us answer today. And it is a valuable conversation that I'm so thankful you showed up for. Okay. Trudy, welcome to Behind the Bliss podcast. This is so much fun. And you should know that my son, who's now 20 months, is at the age where we go through Chick-fil-A drive through and the first thing he does is he puts his little arm up and reaches behind his car seat and waits for me to hand him a fry. We're there. He's addicted <laughs> awesome. to the Chick-fil-A fries, just like me. <laughs> awesome. We appreciate all of our loyal fans out there that eat Chick-fil-A. That's right. Even your little, even my little guy. He will be a, what is it? Not red, but like in the app, you can have the different <laughs> levels. Oh yeah. We're almost at the top. Both- <laughs> I'm like, I will reach it one day. I will reach it one day. Maybe. Well, I want you to introduce yourself to our friends listening that might be unfamiliar with you and your story. Give us a good spiel and a good idea about who you are and the expertise that you are and all the things you have to bring to the table. Yes.
1: Sure. Well, first of all, just uh, thank you for having me on. Thank you for your listeners that are here today. I'm a wife of 45 years, my husband, John. Uh, we actually met through Chick-fil-A. That's a whole different story we won't get into right now, but we raised four children, all grown and married, and we have 16 grandchildren with number 17 on the way. What so our quiver. I should say. Uh, John and I, shortly after we were married, we went to Samford University there in Birmingham. Uh, John went on to law school. We ended up in Brazil serving as missionaries for 20 years. We did international work, and now we are running some nonprofits and really investing our energies into being very intentional with this next generation, which is the reason I've launched my newest book, which is called A Legacy That Lasts. I think that's what we're going to be talking about uh, today. But the Lord has laid on my heart just to, in this final season that he's given us in life to be able to be really intentional in what we're doing. So um, again, I'm honored to be here with you and hope
0: that everyone listening will be encouraged today. Yeah. This is a conversation that I think is so important and it's missing. And I don't know if it's a generational thing for my generation or maybe, I don't know. I think with years comes wisdom, obviously. And I love learning from generations above me. And the one thing that they all are encouraging my friends and I to do is Figure out what legacy is important for you to leave behind, to set up, or to build a foundation for. And it's very intimidating because I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm thinking, gosh, there's so much like I'd want to, one, be remembered for, but two, set up as success for others to be able to stand on my shoulders and to live higher and better in their calling than I ever was able to. So the pressure feels intense a little bit. But it's not impossible. And that's something that you've written about and you've spoken about. And honestly, I admire your family for living out. And so to have you just speak into that and share the practical steps, the encouragement, the importance, all of that today, I am so excited to dive in. So just take a second. I'm curious and I need to know when you were raised, how much Chick-fil-A did you eat? (laughs) did you ever get sick are you sick of it
1: No, never sick of it at all Uh, I'm I'm there at least three or four times a week typically I'm a full plate paying customer as well uh, just like anyone else um, out there but honestly my dad invented Chick-fil-A when I was nine years old so I didn't eat Chick-fil-A for the first nine years of my life for sure (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, and when when my dad, my dad was in the restaurant business since uh, 1948, so I spent a lot of time in the kitchen of his restaurant, but when my dad invented Chick-fil-A, we opened our very first Chick-fil-A store at Green Bar Mall that's here in Atlanta where I live, and I was there the day the Chick Fil A store opened. I was super excited. My mom had got me a little special dress to wear. I had balloons that I was to hand it out to the customers, and I was excited about the day. Not so much that my dad had invented the sandwich, but mostly because I didn't have to go to school right. that
0: day. <laughs> Important um, things very- to a nine year old. <laughs>
1: There we go, and and that was kind of the way uh, life would have it for me growing up in the house, being part of a family business. My brothers and I spent a lot of time, like I said, in the kitchen of my dad's restaurant, oftentimes waiting for a ride back home uh, after school. But it was there, um, being involved with my dad's business and interacting with other people that. My mom and dad both really set a a tremendous example for us. I I tell a lot of parents, I said, don't worry if your children aren't listening to you, but be concerned that they're watching you because more things are caught than taught. And so we learned an awful lot about what it means to honor God, what it means to make good decisions, what it means to how you treat other people. We learned that mostly from watching our parents interact with people, customers, or their employees. And of course, just a home life at, at home, being with mom and dad, uh, setting an example for us was was huge. It's one of the reasons that I got excited about writing this book because my mom and dad are, are passed away now. They died 10 months apart from each other. My mother, uh, my dad died in 2014 at the age of 93. And my mom passed away 10 months later at the age of 92 in 2015. And after they were both gone, they had lived in the same house for 57 years, were married almost 66 years. And I was the one left to kind of clean through the house and go through everything. And as I went through this house, of all the things that I found and many things, of course, they left everything, (laughs) but all the things that I saw, I thought about the most important, the most valuable thing that my parents left us was their legacy. And it kind of dawned on me that the legacy we leave then is actually the life we live right now. Wow. So, Rachel, when you talk about feeling a little bit intimidated about what will your legacy be, it actually relates right now to the decisions that, that we're all making in our mm-hmm. day-to-day routine of life, because that's what my mother
0: and dad left for me is the life that they had had lived. Yeah. Did you feel like you could appreciate that growing up living in what your parents were doing at the moment? Or was there almost a moment later on that you realized, wow, I'm just so grateful for the investment that they've made into my life?
1: Yeah, I think that I didn't know how to appreciate it sure. um, yeah. when I was growing up at home and as a teenager and I was just a normal teenager. I I got upset about things my mom and dad would make me do, chores around the house, things that we could do, couldn't do. My mother used to stand at the back door and she'd say, remember who you are and whose you are. She thought that was really important advice for us every time we would leave the house. So I didn't know how to appreciate um, what my parents were building over all those years. And it was one, actually, one of the first times I began to realize it was when I got married and started having children of our own. Then I realized what my parents had gone through. I thought, oh my <laughs> goodness, yeah, they, they went down this road too. You know? And parenting, first of all, just having a healthy marriage is a lot of work. And uh, and then raising children in a healthy uh, environment at home was a lot of work. And I began to have uh, a sense of appreciation for my parents and what they had done. And on top of that, they were trying to run a business that was uh, honoring to the to the Lord. My dad always said biblical principles and good business practices go hand in hand. And so I honestly, I think my eyes were totally open when the Lord took them both home and I realized, wow, they've left us something really, really valuable. And that's what I wanted to write about in this book, not so much about my mom and dad's life, but uh, the life that John and I have tried to live in terms of being intentional, to identify what matters most to us in life, because few people stop and ask that question. Because we're so busy, we've got a lot going on day to day. And one of the most important things that we can pause and ask ourselves is what really matters to me and what values are really driving my decision, um, my, the decisions that I'm making and then what values do other people actually see in my own life? So when we can pause and answer those critical things, then we can begin to set priorities for our life. That's right.
0: And it makes those day to day mundane type moments a little bit more important. Because you realize, how can I give what I value to this moment, no matter how big or how small, if it's on the stage or in a laundry room or anywhere in between. And it's refreshing to hear that because I feel like most of my days are in a laundry room or in a nursery or with the pleasure of being able to sit in front of a microphone like this. There are lots of different pockets that I feel like my time fits in. But what I pray for my own life, when I pray for friends listening is that we can find the things that are important to us, that we do value, we can carry through and whatever. So we see the significance in folding socks and matching them all the way up to producing a show like this. So yeah, I'm excited to just dive in there and I want to go there. Um, I have a small personal thing to share, to tie in with you. So my mom is still living, but I lost my dad in high school and- I consider it an unfortunate, but a privilege because it did wake me up to goodness. I'm so grateful for the man he was and the legacy he Mm -hmm. left. And I love bringing him up on the show because it it did awaken me at a really younger, like immature age to realize it is important the way you live and how you're remembered, Mm -hmm. Um, not just on the day of your funeral, but we still talk about things and memories and um you know, desires that our dad had for us in life. And how beautiful is it that whether we have our own children or it's the people we work with or our neighbors or friends, like they will remember us one day for the things that we do, decisions we make, the behavior, the character, all of it. So like I said in the beginning, it seems like there's a lot of pressure, but instead of looking at at it as a performance, I think we can look at it as significance and realizing that it's not because... Yes, people are watching us, but that's not why we should do it. It should be out of an overflow and for something a little bit bigger, which is where I think the faith conversation comes in too. So let's just dive in. Let's just go there because I'm so excited for this. Um, Did you have a moment that you sat down with your husband and you figured out, let's make a list of our values? Like, Did it feel scripted or planned, or was it one of those that your values just kind of fell into place? Because I think we've got listeners from all ages, seasons, walks of life. Some might be in college and they're like, why don't we have kids? I'm not thinking about my legacy. And some are older with maybe empty nesters who think, oh man, I missed it too late. So where can we start right now, no matter where we are figuring out what our values are?
1: Yeah, I, I think you start with the question, what matters to me? Uh, whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you're young, whether you're older. Uh, for John and I, how this came about was we, our children actually grown and starting their own families. And we began to wonder what values had been transferred to them and wondered how well will they identify their own values. So every family has their own set of values. Now, we all have values, whether we've identified them or we've right. called them out. <laughs> everybody has values. And so what we did is we we challenged our, our adult children and we said – we want you guys to kind of identify what really is important to you as you begin to, to raise your family and and um, model for your children what you want them to do. And so that's how this, this discussion kind of started. And in my book, I reference a, a, an exercise that we went through. We had a whole list of, of values. And and what we did was just kind of sort through it. We said, you know, this isn't all that important. This is sort of important. This is really important. And we kind of worked with this list until we, they got they each got them down to about four or five, maybe six values at the most. Now, a lot of things were really important to them, but the most important were the things that they had to identify. And when our children identified each one of these as their own values, then they turned to us and said, Mom and Dad, what are, what are your values? And we kind of looked at each other, and we thought, oh, yeah, we've we got to figure this out. out. We, we, think, we need to know. We haven't thought about it. And so for what I would say for those of us who have lived life a little longer sometimes if we haven't stopped to try to identify okay what is really important to us you have to kind of look back over your shoulder and say what are the things that have surfaced through the years that we've given our time to that have really been important to us and we would say that those are important and that's how john and i kind of bubbled up to we have and what we have five values that we we work around and our, our first is our faith. And we talk about the fact that every decision we make is 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 faith based for us. That is kind of it's vetted it's through. Is this what God wants for us? And that's how we make decisions going forward. So our Christian faith is really important. The second for us, the value is family. We really value family. And if you were to look at my calendar, you would see all the places where I've already gone in and blocked out where this is going to be family time for me. I make sure that that's a priority for me, that I have time uh, for my family. Third value for us is integrity, just being people of our word and honor that when we say we'll do what we'll do, we'll, regardless of who we're with or where we are, this is the kind of person we're going to be so that our children could trust us. Um, trust our word, trust our actions. I realized that I, my parents were that for me. Um, after my dad passed away, I identified two words that I said would always stand out to me as who my dad was. He was a person who was consistent with how he lived his life and he was intentional with how he lived it. But that idea of being consistent, how we live our lives and living a life of integrity is super important. And then the last two values for John and myself uh, with this idea of generosity and gratitude, that we would be people who are generous, not just with money, but with our time, with our talents, uh, with any resources, uh, connections that we have, and that, that we would be um, and that we would be grateful for what we have. So those are the five values that kind of surfaced up for us, and they become um, the filter for how we go about doing life
0: during the day because it identifies our priorities. Yes, that's so good. And I'm, I'm listening to this. And you even mentioned it earlier. You said we have values and things that we prioritize, whether we're doing it on purpose or not, like maybe intentionally, or they're just happening in our life. And I would even say there might even be some values that if we took a second and paused and reflected, we wouldn't maybe be proud of. Like maybe I value something that is becoming an idol for me. So I think there is also this holding and figuring out which values not only are important, but what values belong or what values do I need to like? Like, what am I valuing too much? And it's becoming something that is entangling me in life. So for somebody who maybe they're looking at their life, or they're even reflecting with us right now. And they're thinking, oh man, like there are some things that I value. I wish I didn't value as much. And so maybe I, I have, I, I would love to reevaluate my values. <laughs> um, For lack of better terms, how would you almost encourage them to reset, to pause, to take a moment, figure it out, and then move forward with maybe a little bit of a different pivot direction.
1: Yeah. And 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 that's the first thing is just put a pause um, in, in life for a little while and see how you can reshift uh, your, your focus mm-hmm. and say, I've been doing a lot of things, but maybe these aren't really priorities for my life. And let me, let me stop and try to identify it because I think all of us realize that We aren't living this life for ourselves. We're living this life for those who are coming behind us, right? We're blazing a trail for those to follow. And so we want to figure out, how do, how do we leave good values for other people and how do we influence others uh, around her? So putting a pause is really, really important. And I would say it's never too late to do that. You're never never too young. We have 13-year-old grandchildren. We're already talking to them about, hey, what really matters to you? And are you living those out? Right. Uh, and you're like, I feel like their values are going to change uh, from the time they graduate from high school and move on to college. But, but the idea is to get them started thinking uh, about how to live intentionally uh, with their life. And so even for, for for any age, these are really, really important uh, questions to ask yourself. In the book, I've identified several exercises that you can go through to, to help help you to kind of sort sort through that. But once you pause and look to that, then you begin to prioritize those things and you say, okay, I've been spending a lot of time in this area. I need to actually spend more time in this other area because that is of value to me. That is really important. And Rachel, here's the thing. We talk a lot about this question, what matters to me. The second question is what values drive what I do, and then what values do other people see in their lives? Because that's what I think can happen. Sometimes we think this is, we may identify something that's really valuable to us, but other people don't see that. They see something different in our our life. And so we have to make sure that there's alignment between what we say is important to us and what we actually are, are doing. And, um, and that takes some intentional thought. And I would say, as a follower of Jesus Christ, it is the work of the Holy Spirit that can help to give us a guide because he's our comforter, he's our teacher, he's our God. Uh, the prophet Isaiah says, whether you look to the right or the left, you'll hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. So God will make it very clear uh, which is the direction you need to go in terms of your priorities for life. But you have to be
0: very intentional to stick to those. That's so good i actually, um, that was my memory verse a few weeks ago, which is so funny. The Holy Spirit is behind us saying, whether you look to the left or the right, like I will guide you. I'll tell you where to go. And it's wow. So significant. I'm like, it keeps coming up. It keeps coming up. I think it's Isaiah mm, something 21, 30, 21, 30, 30, 21, 30, 15, somewhere yeah. around there. Chapter Everybody 15, just sure. reach chapter 30, go find it. <laughs> That's good. I think, what someone once told me, I don't remember who it was. I'd love to give them credit, but I was having just an identity crisis as women do every few years. You just got to figure out who am I? What was I created for? What's my calling? And what do I value? Big, big questions. And I was having a hard time. I was like, man, I i want to value this, but I, ha- I just don't see it reflected in my life and it's breaking my heart. And, um, And it was sweet because she was able to reassure me and say, I do see that fruit in your life. Like, you know, so I think that's where community can come in. Honest, authentic people that are walking in life with you, that you trust to speak into your life, to either call you out or to encourage you and call you higher. Be like, I don't think, I don't think you're seeing this clearly in either way. So I think that is so important. But something else I heard about values is if you're having a hard time figuring out where your values lie, look at your calendar and look at your bank account. And that is that will straight up tell you. Well, wow, I really value what people think about me more, maybe more than I want to. Or, you know, mm-hmm. I value financial stability, which can be great, also can be a stumbling block. So, it's one of those things that just taking uh, accountability and just taking inventory over our lives it matters. So the pause, the reflection.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Rachel, what I found is sometimes we identify these values for ourselves and we think this is, this is the path I want to be on. These are the things I want to make priority to my life. But then we don't say anything to anybody about them. Right. I mean, one of the first steps of accountability is to, is to admit these to somebody, you know, so I would encourage any one of us that when, when you've identified what really matters to you, what are your values that you want to live by, write them down on a piece of paper. Maybe you put, um, put a card in front of your computer, or maybe you put it on your dashboard because you drive, if you're taking kids around all the time, wherever you'll see it as a as a reminder. We have to put reminders. You know, so much of the Old Testament talks about remember. And, and God wants us to go back and remember. We want to remain faithful to the Lord. And so if we write these values down and put them before us, and then we share them with somebody and say, you know what, these are things I've identified that are going to be important for me to live by. I want you I want you to watch for them in my life and I want you to help and maybe even just ask me, you know, every once in a while, how I'm doing. I mean, I think we do that a lot of times with other things. We talk about, we want to lose weight or we want to exercise. And sometimes we'll tell our friend, you know, I, I need to be working out. Would you call every once in a while and remind me that I need to be doing that? And so bring community along with you to encourage you. is super important. Yeah,
0: because I think we see the behind the scenes in the background of our life and it can feel super cluttered. But it's so funny how other people can sometimes have more clarity <laughs> for us in our own lives than we can have for ourselves. Praise God. That's what people are for. Yep. Just so grateful. Yes. <laughs> um, I I want you to almost speak to like, what is the cost? If people haven't understood this is important, which I hope they have, but they're thinking through this and they're like, um, I'll figure it out one day or... I'm sure I have values that I'm not proud of, but it's not something I really want to have to go through. It seems like a lot of work. We're in the middle of holiday season. I'll figure it out when things are slower. I'd first say, if you're waiting for life to slow down, it never will. You have to prioritize this. No one has enough time in their day. Spoiler alert. (laughs) You have to create the time for the things that are important to you. But for the people that just don't understand the cost, like why is it so important to figure out what you value and to live from there rather than just kind of like float your boat wherever this little river takes you?
1: Yeah, well, that's a that's a great question. And I, I'd like to challenge others to realize that we have tremendous opportunity to be influencers in the lives of other people, whether the people are ahead of us in life or coming up behind us in life, the next generation. Uh, we have tremendous opportunity to leverage that influence. And when we identify our values, what's really important to to us, there's several things that can happen. So it's really well worth uh, the 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 chance to pause and figure this out. One is it, it, what we've just talked about. It brings clarity to your purpose and to your priorities uh, of life. So that that's very helpful from that perspective. I think, too, it's, it sets you on a very firm foundation for life. It allows you to be able to articulate and know your convictions, what's important to you, and you base your decisions for the rest of your life uh, on, on these values. I think a third might be that um, when we identify our values, it helps us through adversity. And if you haven't had any adversity or crisis in your life, here's another spoiler alert. It will will happen eventually. It's not if, it's when. (laughs) That's right. And and when adversity or crisis hits our lives and we know what our values are, then we can stand on those. I'll give you a quick example. Um, My husband has been through cancer twice and both times we got this news was not pleasant uh, at all. But I went almost immediately to the value that we we treasure our life, and that is gratitude, that we learn how to be grateful even in the hard times. So it was our fate that allowed us to be able to stand strong and walk through that journey of of crisis in our life. But I remember sitting in the waiting room while my husband, John, was getting radiation treatment, and I looked around that waiting room, and I saw so many people from all different walks of life. And I just said, Lord, Lord, thank you. Thank you that we're not walking— this alone. Thank you that your presence is here with us. Thank you that we have your word uh, to guide us and comfort us. I, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I went to God's word and his promises that I've just identified in my Bible and marked these dates of those times. And so when we have crisis hit us, we realize. Our faith is important to us and learning how to be thankful for whatever God uh, sends our way. That was how I kind of walked through that uh, valley of of shadow of death that was so difficult for our family. But I think also the the last one I would say when we identify our values, it allows us to stay very focused, Mm -hmm. very focused on what we're doing. We become very purpose driven and very value focused. And it's almost freeing to realize, you know, I can't be everything for everybody but these things that the Lord has brought to mind that are gonna that are need
0: to be important in my life, I'm gonna make them important. And it's it's free to be able to get to that point. Yes. And scripture tells us he gives us the desires of our heart. Not that if you want a red Corvette, you're gonna get a red Corvette. It means that he's given you the want, the things that you want are placed around purpose. And the things that you want are also your values. Like that is that's been so beautiful. He's placed inside of us unique values where Mister Trudy, I would say we have different values, and that's what's so beautiful is that we can act different parts of the kingdom of God. We can we can operate in different ways to reach different people at different moments in different ways, which is so cool. But I love how you're talking about we can miss out on an opportunity of influence, not to influence people to like us or to follow us, but to hopefully point them back to, to who saved our life, our Savior. And in those moments, how cool is it to say, like, oh, thank you, Lord, for le- like showing me who I was created to be, what I desire, where I'm mm-hmm. healthiest, what lights me on fire and fills me up so that I'm not, one, operating on empty, but two, someone saw you because I was my most authentic me, because I was operating mm-hmm. in these values. And so I think I loved that. And I love the crisis part, the management of when life gets turned upside down. It can seem a little robotic, but it's so beautiful to have a list in front of you and say, no, no, just to remind myself, this is what, this yeah. is what lights me on. This is what gives me life is when I can be grateful, yeah. even though I don't feel like it right now, I'm going to discipline my mind to believe it. Cause my heart needs, my heart needs it. And that yeah. is so beautiful. I spend a lot of time with, uh, with people. And one of the common
1: questions that I'll ask them is, um, you know, tell me about some influencers in your life who have influenced you and usually the responses may a grandparent a parent a teacher a coach a co-worker um, maybe someone from their local church where they've been active and 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 then I asked them I said tell me tell me something they did that that influenced you and without fail the stories that come out are not things that oh, somebody bought me this or took me on this trip or did this elaborate thing for me. You know what they mostly are? They are people have influenced me because of something they've said to me something they've, they've seen in me, that they believed in me that I couldn't even believe about myself. Usually it's the little things of life uh, that we've done around other people that allows us to be an influence or an impact other people's lives. So, you know, I don't want anybody to get discouraged and think, oh, I've got to be, be this big outlandish kind of person and do all sorts of things for others. But no, I just ask you to be faithful mm-hmm. in the little things that he's given you and my dad loved telling people oftentimes, he say, instructions are the things that you say, but influence are the things that you do. Wow. And image is who we are. Wow. And when we are created, we know that the Bible says we're created in the image of God. And so we live out the fullness of how He created us with all our personalities and and, and just things that He has given us that are passions that we like and that we enjoy, that we're good at. And when we live those out, we're maximizing everything God's created and wants us to be in life and allows us to be a huge influencer with people around us. Mm, That is so cool.
0: It almost like brings this picture to my mind where if we can do this authentically and we, we get in a rhythm... What what is it? Like, I think it takes twenty-one days to form a habit. But if you get into this rhythm of being like, I know I don't feel it, but I'm gonna believe it, that this is who I am, these are what the things I value, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Then we get into a habit and a rhythm that like it feels off if we're not operating in that, but it also frees us up, like you were saying earlier, it's the freedom to be able to see the world how how God needs us to see it in that moment and to see people and to say the things and to have those conversations that you just were talking about that would change somebody. And um, mm-hmm. oh, I have been in those icky seasons where I just feel like rhythms are forced or I'm like, I know yeah. this is important to me. I do not feel like showing up. But I think, and I think you would probably say the same that that's just a human thing. But when we can choose value and we can choose integrity and being like, no one would know if I did this or not. But I told myself it's something I value, so I'm going to do it anyways. Mm -hmm. I think, gosh, like how big of a smile that puts on Jesus' face to be like, oh, she chose me today. You know, she chose. She chose what I had for her today, and. There's blessing that follows that obedience. And so I think for our friends listening that just feel a little like the people that I was talking about earlier that are thinking, I don't have time for that. I'm like, even more reason why this conversation's for you because you'll feel more full and you'll feel more alive and you'll be able to step into that. And I've been in both places. I think we all have where we feel empty, Mm -hmm. worn out, can't do this. I don't understand. I'm just going to do what feels normal. Um, and then I have been in the place where I feel like I'm operating on an overflow and I would choose the overflow, but to, yeah. to, to get that, you have to get the reap of the reward, you have to put in the work. So.
1: Yeah, most definitely. I think we live in a society that pulls us from every, at every angle, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, there is so much um, demand to do this, do that, to be this, be that. When, um, uh, when John and I were serving overseas in, in Brazil. We raised our children there. We had two children that were born there. And uh, in a South American country like Brazil, you know, people are a little bit more laid back. Uh, time isn't quite as urgent as it seems to be here. And there just seems to be a little bit more time to kind of take life at a little slower pace. But when we moved back to the States, we realized, whoa, this is a fast paced <laughs> life that we live as Americans. Huh. And and a lot of great things you can get involved in and do and before you know it you can get sucked up in all of that and you kind of think man I, I don't know about my marriage I don't know when the last time I was had actually real good conversation with with my husband or with my spouse or even my children they're so involved in so much saying we don't have time to eat sit out at the dinner table and eat together it's like you can look back and you think oh my goodness is this really the way I want to, want to live life and so I think when we when we do get understanding of the values that are important to us. And all of a sudden we can say no to a lot of things because we say, this is what has become priority for me, for me now. And that's, what's been very helpful for me. I've been through that season of early married. I've been through the season of raising four children and what that lifestyle looks like. And John and I are on the other side of it now watching our children try to raise their own children and life is busy and life is full. And, um, You know, God's word says, be still and know that I am God. So whatever it is that you need to do to redirect your focus so that you are living a life of being still and knowing that God is there, even in the hustle bustle of things, you know, you can recognize the fact that God is there and I can be intentional in how I live my life and be an influencer to people around me. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, I do want to speak to this idea of Chick-fil-A because I think that it is a very tangible example and testimony for what your family has done in instilling values. And mm-hmm. like you were saying, your dad being consistent. I'm like, well, heck yeah, because I can go to a Chick-fil-A in Birmingham or a Chick-fil-A visiting family in South Carolina and I know I'm going to get the same tasting things the same kind of service and all that. And it's because he valued it and value is contagious. And when people see that it's important to you, they pick up on the importance and they show up for you in those ways too. Cause hopefully they respect and honor you and you have that culture. So for people, y'all it works. I promise. That's why we all love Chick-fil-A. That's why it just the chicken tastes different all the way down to the people at work there. So I just want to honor you and your family for that because it, it, I mean, People can talk about us all day long, but we have so many tangible examples and locations all across the country to be able to, to see guys' works in business and in family and in any corner of your life that you may find yourself. So a legacy that lasts, I promise it's a good read. Miss Trudy shares so much good truth, more wisdom than we were able to fit in today's conversation and a lot of practical tips. So I feel like for people that are kind of wondering like, where do I start or this is my situation, what would you suggest? It's just a great read. So where you share with us, where people can find it, find more about you, all the fun things.
1: Yes. Well, thank you, Rachel, for those kind words. I appreciate it very much. My mom and dad have never been able to silo their lives. It's always, you know, what what you do in life is what you do in business, and, and the, the two are just kind of meshed together. Mm-hmm. And so it has really been a joy to be able to glorify God through our business. People think we're in the chicken business. I let everybody in on a seat. We're actually in the people business. That's right. We just use the sandwich to influence other people uh, around us for sure. But if you're interested in the book, uh, you can pre-order now on Amazon. Anywhere books are found, you'll be able to get it. Feel free to go to my website, trutiekathywhite.com. That'll uh, give you all kinds of information as well. What a joy to be able to share uh, with you today, Rachel. And just a reminder to all the listeners that, uh, the, the God's Word tells us that we have an opportunity to make a difference in this next generation. I'll leave you with this verse from Psalm 145 that says, uh, "That says, let each generation tell its children of your mighty a- acts. Let them proclaim your power, and so may it be wow. that we will live a life that a, a legacy that lasts to the next generations."
0: Amen. Oh, that is a good one. Okay. That's my next memory verse. I got it. I just was kind of wondering, I was like, what is it going to be? Like, there it is. (laughs) Um, Okay. One of my favorite questions to ask, and it can be a plug for a project you have coming up. It could be something completely random in your makeup bag, anything. But what is something that you're loving these days that you have to share with our friends listening?
1: Well, um recently I and this may be something everybody knows about, but Bible dot is let me get that is okay is an app that um that I use and I have just loved it. It's it's audio of, of books of the Bible. You can choose your different plan. I it can walk you through a six week study of uh, of a particular book, and and it puts the plan in there automatically for you. I'm a I'm a check off the list kind of person. I love to make my to do list and check things off, and so it's that kind of of app that it gives you all the checkpoints, and then you just check them off as you listen to the different chapters. And I'm really enjoying that. I, I spend a lot of time in the car on the road, and it's kind of my go to uh, for listening. I try to turn that radio off a little bit more and and listen to either podcast or Bible. Is really helpful to me. So maybe that'll be a great tool for others mm-hmm. to use. Ah, I love that one.
0: Okay. I also have to ask this question. Okay. Is there something like, what is your go-to Chick-fil-A order? And is it something that's on the actual menu or have you made up something fun?
1: It actually is on the menu. Okay. My favorite go to that I don't go to as much as I would like to go to is actually chicken minis and sweet tea. Oh. That's my favorite. Um this get those for breakfast. I will say you can't go wrong with the signature sandwich, Chick fil A no. sandwich. When I buy a Chick fil A sandwich, and typically it's through the drive through and I'm in the car, it just smells like my daddy. Oh, I love <laughs> he that. smells like. It's not like chicken all the time. And so every once in a while, I get just a good old fashioned Chick-fil-A sandwich with extra pickles on it and drink it in the car and thank the Lord for a life of my mom and dad. That
0: makes me want to cry and I'll never order a chicken sandwich the same again. <laughs> I love that. Well, okay. So my husband is a pilot in the Air Force and every day he comes home and he flies, he smells like jet fuel, especially in training. And so I always joke, I'm like, babe, our kids are going to know. Like anytime they smell jet fuel, they're going to think of you. I was like, we should figure out a more pleasant smell. Like, let's go pick <laughs> out a cologne or something. And so here you are being like, no, the smell of a chicken sandwich reminds me of my dad. I'm like, oh, how nostalgic this can be for our kids. Yes. So
1: you what I'm talking about for Yes. Sure. <laughs> yes.
0: A part of the legacy, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, thank yeah. you so much, Ms. Trudy, for all your wisdom and sharing with us today and encouraging us to do the work that is, it takes to live that authentic, but contagious and life full of legacy.
1: Thank you so much, Rachel. You've been
0: very kind. This episode of Behind the Bliss podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more episodes so you don't miss episodes full of encouragement. And don't forget to rate and review so that we can continue to bring you the best content. See you in the next episode.